Hi, this is Megan Cloherty, investigative reporter for WTOP News. If you like top news from WTOP, we think you'll love our new podcast called the DMV Download, where we take a more in-depth look at the biggest local stories of the day happening in our area. We hope you check it out. To a decision on when mail-in ballots can be counted in Maryland, I'm Kate Ryan. Casting an early ballot in Virginia. I think it's just really important that everybody come out and vote. I'm Nick Ainelli. Also this Saturday morning. With what caused a five-plus-hour lockdown in an area neighborhood, I'm Christy Kane. Good morning. Welcome in Saturday at 3 o'clock. This is CBS News on the Hour, sponsored by NHTSA. I'm Christopher Cruz in Washington. What could be one of the most powerful storms to ever hit Canada is heading for the Maritimes. Canadian Hurricane Center forecaster Bob Robichaux on the storm that used to be a hurricane. We see a storm going through the transition from a pure hurricane to a post-tropical storm. We typically see those wind fields expand, so the storm actually gets bigger. Folks in Halifax spent Friday getting ready. I'm just getting basic uh, stuff that doesn't really have to be cooked. That way the fridge isn't too bad, so I'll load for a week or two, then I'm fine because I have a trailer that I'm staying in too, so hopefully it doesn't get blown away. Women in Arizona who want to get an abortion are now going to have to leave the state, says CBS's Jennifer Kuyper. Clinics across Arizona will have to stop providing abortions to avoid the filing of criminal charges against doctors and other medical workers. The only exemption to the ban is if the woman's life is in jeopardy. The judge's decision comes more than a month after she heard arguments on the Arizona Attorney General's request to lift an injunction which had been in place since shortly after the U.S. Supreme Court's 1973 decision in the Roe v. Wade case. There's been another conviction of a high-profile defendant charged with participating in the January 6th insurrection. CBS's Scott McFarland was in the courtroom for the verdict. It took the jury here at the Washington, D.C. federal courthouse just four hours to convict Doug Jensen of Iowa on all seven federal counts. Jensen was the man in the black QAnon shirt leading the mob that pursued hero Capitol Police Officer Eugene Goodman up the stairs near the U.S. Senate. Goodman testified at this trial, saying he felt boxed in and engulfed by that mob. Sentencing set for December 16th. The actress Louise Fletcher has died. Mr. McMurphy, uh, the meeting is adjourned. All right, just wait a minute, will you? Just one minute. You can bring the subject up again tomorrow. She won an Oscar for her portrayal of the sadistic nurse Ratchet in 1975's One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Louise Fletcher was 88. It's the end of the line for one of the all-time tennis greats, 41-year-old Roger Federer, a winner of 20 Grand Slam events, has played his final match. For his final event, Roger Federer chose to play a doubles match with his longtime friend and rival Rafa Nadal. It was part of the labor Cup, which pits Europe against the rest of the world. It ended with a loss, but afterwards, Federer was still in the spotlight being saluted. It does feel like a celebration to me. I wanted to feel like this at the end, and it's exactly what I hoped for, so thank you. His comments on the tennis channel, at the end, an emotional Federer was wiping away tears, and so was Nadal. Steve Futterman, CBS News. This is CBS News. Never miss a moment. Top news from WTOP 24-7, 365. Listen on air, on Alexa, and on the WTOP app. Dan owed an unbelievable amount of money to the IRS. I got behind on my taxes. It's a horrible feeling. 
Virginia is for families, all sorts of families. My family, your family, your neighbor's family. For families of all species. For beach chair sitting families and paddleboard standing families. For families that like to camp outside and the ones that would rather museum inside. Yep, we got plenty of those to choose from. For mountain hiking families and would rather hang out by the pool resort going families. Come to think of it, that's more my speed. So in conclusion, Virginia has all sorts of things your family could love. So come love it for yourself. Furnished by the Virginia Tourism Corporation. WTOP at 303. It's Saturday morning. We made it to the weekend, everybody. September 24th, 2022. Partly to mostly sunny this Saturday. Very pleasant, low humidity, high of 75. You're waking up to 55 right now. It's Saturday morning to you. I'm Dean Lane. Welcome to the weekend. Topping the local stories we're following for you as we head into this Saturday together. We begin with campaign 2022 on WTOP and the latest for you this morning. Locally, considered a major victory this week for advocates of mail-in ballots in Maryland. A judge now allowing those votes to be counted before Election Day. In his ruling, Montgomery County Judge James Bonifant says mandatory deadlines will be missed if he didn't take this action. Under the decision, mail-in ballots will be able to be counted as they come in for the election in Maryland in November. Counting can start October 1st. The State Board of Elections asked for this change anticipating 1 million to 1.3 million mail-in ballots in this upcoming election. This ruling affects only this election, not others going forward. And of course, the effect is we'll all know who is elected, possibly on election night or soon after, and not weeks and weeks after those mail-in ballots are counted. In Rockville, Kyle Cooper, WTOP News. And local election boards in the state are reacting this week. Without allowing mail-in ballots to be counted as they're received, election results in Maryland can stretch for weeks, as they did in Montgomery County in the July 19th primary. Gilberto Zelaya with the Montgomery County Board of Elections says mail-in ballots have become increasingly popular in the state. Right now, the mail-in ballot request sits at about 116,000. Zelaya says the key to getting those timely election results is having voters return their mail-in ballots Quickly, the decision by a Montgomery County Circuit Court judge applies to this election alone. It does not make a permanent change to Maryland state law. Kate Ryan, WTOP News. There has been no immediate reaction from the campaign for Dan Cox, the Maryland state delegate who actually filed a motion to block the early mail-in vote count. Cox is running right now, as you well know, for governor against Democrat Wes Moore. Stay tuned. WTOP at 3.06. Over to Virginia now, this Saturday morning, where people are already casting their ballots this week and early voting across that state. The midterm elections aren't until November 8th, but Virginians are voting now. Frank Anderson was first in line that at the Fairfax County Government Center. Well, it's kind of an annual tradition for me. I like to be among the first voters in the county. Why is he so passionate? At one time, he lost his right to vote. I had a felony conviction and uh, um, got my rights restored by a former Governor McDonald back in 2010. Not only is today the start of in-person voting, it's also when absentee ballots start to be mailed out to voters who applied for one. In Fairfax County, Nick Ainelli, WTOP News. Early voting in Maryland starts October 27th, October 31st in D.C. WTOP at 3.06. In other news, this Saturday morning here at WTOP, 
Word now that people can locally move around freely in the Bailey's Crossroads area of Fairfax County this morning. Roads were closed for more than five hours on Friday as police investigated a shooting in the area. Lifting the lockdown, Lieutenant Daniel Spital of Fairfax County Police says the gunfire that shattered glass and hit two cars at the Starbucks here on Leesburg Pike at South 7th Street was not from a high-powered rifle. What we went with was original information uh, from witnesses that believed that it came from across the street in that high-rise building. Spital says now that the forensics team has examined the scene and evidence. We're confident that those are pistol rounds. Again, no longer believe that they're from a position of elevation, uh, which uh, changes the course of the investigation. Police do want to hear from anybody, though, who might have seen anything related to the shooting before noon Friday. At Bailey's Crossroads, Christy King, WTOP News. Hey there, it's Luke Garrett from the DMV Download Podcast. On our latest episode, we talk about why snow days might be melting away in Anne Arundel County. The school board there made it possible for snow days to become virtual learning days. So, should snow days be a thing of the past, or should these joyous and spontaneous events live on? Join Megan Clorty and me on the DMV Download Podcast from WTOP News. Find us wherever you listen. Good Saturday morning, September 24th, 2022. Welcome into WTOP, where the time now is 3. Oh, eight. Slow or clogged drains? Call Michael and Son and get $100 off at train cleaning today. Traffic and weather on the eights and when it breaks. Good morning to Ian Crawford with us at the WTOP Traffic Center. Reserving of headaches and heartburn on, ice, on uh, the Capitol Beltway. The inner loop work after Route 50, Arlington Boulevard, heading toward I-66. We are at a stop again. Caller told us about half an hour ago, or a little less than that, after that most recent stoppage, earlier that this is probably overhead sign work that is causing the stoppage. They don't want you underneath while they're doing the work overhead, and that is why everything is a stop now on the interloop of the Capitol Beltway and delays now building back toward 236, and it's going to be a slow ride once they get things going here. Now, the express lanes ordinarily would be a bailout point. They are not this morning. The interloop express lanes from the Springfield Interchange all the way to I-66 shut down for the work zone, probably related to what's going on in the main travel lanes. And again, the main travel lanes at a stop now have been for a few minutes, and the last stoppage lasted about half an hour. 395, the southbound crash was near Washington Boulevard, blocking the left lane. Northbound, you had a disabled vehicle on the ramp to go west on 236 over on the right side of the ramp, but at last report, the Tow truck was there, hopefully to be gone soon. 95 southbound crash near Garrisonville blocks a left lane. Northbound work near Quantico just before exit 148 should be a right lane blocked there. 66, the work zones all still intact as you make your way westbound from Leesburg Pike all the way to Sudley Road at various points will be down to a single lane. Eastbounders, the work is going to be after 28 Centerville, a left lane to get by. Caller updates us, and yes, the transponders are on, on I-66. Caller telling us that it's about two bucks to ride eastbound from 29 in Gainesville toward toward Centerville. Now, the ramp from the express lanes on 66 to Route 28 at Centerville, caller tells us that is shut down. But again, in the express lanes, you will need an easy pass or an easy pass flex. The transponders are on and working. District travel, we've got the crash investigation now. It, on Canal Road at Chain Bridge Road, outbounders being diverted on Canal Road onto Arizona Avenue, inbounders diverted across Chain Bridge and back into Virginia. Ian Crawford, WTOP Traffic. 
A cool start to the day for sure, and you'll need the jacket stepping out the front door, but you will not need them long. Plenty of sunshine, high temperatures getting back into the upper 60s to low 70s. Still below average, but not bad. Sunday, we'll go back above average, close to 80. A good chance of afternoon showers and thunderstorms, but not a washout at all. I'm Storm Team 4, Chief Meteorologist Doug Cameron. Right now, we're at 51 in Fort Belvoir, 55 Foggy Bottom, 55 Silver Spring, 55 in Holding. At our nation's capital, 3 a.m. hour, Saturday morning, September 24th. Welcome to the weekend, everybody. We've made it. Thank you for sharing your early part of that weekend with us here at TOP. This check brought to you by Long Fence. Save 15% on Long Fence decks, pavers, and fences. Go to longfence.com today and schedule your free in-home estimate. Coming up on WTOP this early morning, we'll take a look at the potential shutdown in less than a week from now and where we stand this early morning. Don't go away. Hi, it's Jonathan Cotton. And you know what people buy when they come to the Goodfeet store? Art supports, of course, you might say. Yet what we have found is that customers are really buying hope. Hope that they can address foot, knee, or back pain without surgery or prescriptions. Hope that they can work a long shift without thinking about their feet. Or hope that they can run that 10K Take that trip to Italy or enjoy the visit to the zoo without their feet getting in the way. At the Good Feet Store, we would love to help you find hope with personalized service delivered by trained professionals. Our art supports are designed to achieve wellness in a holistic, non-invasive way, and our customers are so pleased with the results. Come into the Good Feet Store today for your free fitting and test walk, and don't hit pause on hope any longer. The Good Feet Store has seven locations in Greater D.C. and Baltimore. Visit goodfeet.com for the location nearest you. I'm Jonathan Cotton, and we look forward to seeing you soon at the Good Feet Store. WTOP Charity of the Month is the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Join LLS for Light the Night this October as they gather in Frederick, Baltimore, Rockville, Reston, and Washington, D.C. to bring light to the darkness of cancer. You won't want to miss this family-friendly evening in memory and in honor of those who have been impacted by blood cancer. Learn more at lightthenight.org mid-at. For more information, visit WTOP.com. Search charities. This is WTOP News. The Political Week in Review. The clock ticking now for Congress to find the votes to keep the government operating after September 30th and avoid a government shutdown in an election year. Efforts are expected, we're told, to continue through this weekend with only three working days next week to get a deal before the deadline. This morning, Bob Cusack, editor-in-chief of The Hill, explains why the spending bill may be a deal-breaker for some senators right now. It's both a deal-breaker for Democrats and Republicans. Republicans don't think the language is strong enough. They're still upset at Joe Manchin for agreeing to the Inflation Reduction Act, which is, as you mentioned, part of this deal. So they don't want to be associated with that. And many on the left, Bernie Sanders and others, are saying, no, this is not the way to go. So it doesn't appear like they have the votes. But Chuck Schumer has been adamant that it's going to be added to the government funding bill. I don't think there'll be a shutdown, but there's going to be a lot of drama over the next week. Can you give us more insight into the deal? What is it exactly? Well, it's a deal that Manchin said, OK, I will agree to the Inflation Reduction Act. There's pipeline language that would help 
West Virginia. It's been a top priority for Joe Manchin. And remember, Joe Manchin is up for re-election in 2024, and I'm sure he's making the case that he really needs this if he's going to run for re-election. He hasn't said that he will yet, but certainly he's the only Democrat that can win in, in a state like West Virginia in a presidential election year. Uh, could be another nail-biter heading up to the deadline next week. The uh, calendar is also moving quickly to the November midterm elections, Bob, and there appears to be some internal divisions among Republicans as concerns are mounting about the GOP retaking control of the Senate. What is going on? Well, they've had a rough stretch with candidates saying controversial things. They're falling behind in key states like Arizona and New Hampshire, as well as Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, they have to win, I think, in order to win the Senate. So they're doubling down on Pennsylvania. But some money, Republican money, is coming out of states like New Hampshire and Arizona. That's a good sign for Democrats, but not a guarantee that they're going to hold the Senate. With the Political Week in Review, Editor-in-Chief of The Hill, Bob Cusack, in a conversation with Mark and Gigi. You are listening to 103.5 FM at WTOP.com. Sports at 15 and 45, powered by Red River. Technology decisions aren't black and white. Think red. It's Saturday, September 24th. Indeed, sports time at 315. Frankie Sharon once again this early hour. There is a new member of the 700 Club in Homer's Albert Pujols. It's number 699 and 700 in the same game. Joins Barry Bonds, Hank Aaron, and Babe Ruth in the 700 Club. Nationals lacked offense yet again. They lose 5-2 at the Miami Marlins. Lane Thomas actually led off the game with a uh, solo homer, but then they didn't get anything until the eighth. Joey Manessis with an RBI double, but that was it offensively. Josiah Gray striking out three over six innings of work. He gave up four earned runs. Nats fall in their opener at the Marlins, 5-2. to two. Birds were winners, knocking off Houston, 6-zip Friday night at Oriole Park at Camden Yard. Same two on Saturday. College football, Virginia dug a 16-zip hole, fought back but lose in the end. Late field goal by Syracuse, 22-20. Orange off to a 4-0 and start. Back to college football. Big day Saturday for Maryland football as they visit Michigan. 17-point underdogs are the Terps who are trying to go to 4 0 as well. Again, Albert Pujols, career homer number 700. Nats fall to the Marlins. I'm Frank Handrahan, WTOP Sports. Thanks, Frankie. As always, 316, Saturday morning, September 24th. Welcome to the weekend, everybody. Among the top stories we're following for you this 3 a.m. hour Saturday on WTOP, a Maryland judge this week ruling that elections officials can actually start counting mail in ballots as soon as the 1st of October. However, no results, we're told, will be revealed until polls are closed on election night. The governor apparently supports the decision. An autopsy shows this week a black man from Colorado died after he was apparently injected with too much sedative and restrained by police outside of Denver. He's identified as 23-year-old Elijah McLean, who died back in 2019. Three officers and two paramedics are facing charges in his death this morning. The original autopsy said the cause of death could not be determined. Stay with WTOP for more on these developing stories in just minutes, where the time is 3.17. A local self-taught chef with math with mad skills in the kitchen is getting a lot of followers online these days. Chef Boyd Brown III knows his way around a kitchen. I've always been able to, to cook. He really began to learn the craft of cooking after one of his college friends realized he didn't know how to barbecue. I didn't know what I was doing, and so um, my teammates made fun of me. Now, with thousands of followers, this TikTok chef is showing off his omelet sandwich and jumbo lump crab melt. I've been approached uh, for having my recipes on different restaurant menus. 
menus. His ebook will be released next week, and he hopes to eventually open a restaurant here in the DMV. A reminder, he says, to bet on yourself. You can't be a quitter, and you have to be focused and dedicated. Melissa Howell, WTOP News. Coming up after traffic and weather here on WTOP this Saturday morning, shifting gears, checking out stuff for you to watch this weekend. It's 318, September 24th. Good morning. Traffic and weather all the eights. Good morning to Ian Crawford. On the Capitol Beltway, we are moving once again inner loop after Arlington Boulevard. The overhead sign work near I-66. A single left lane gets by. We've already had two stoppages in traffic. One of about half an hour, one of about 15 minutes. Hopefully that's the trend and they continue to get shorter if they do have to keep stopping traffic. But as you get past it, you're doing so single thought to the left. Interloop Express Lanes, no help here because they are shut down from the beginning near Robinson Terminal all the way up to I-66. Can't even get into the express lanes in, on the inner loop. Outer loop not affected by any of this. The other inner loop issue is going to be after Georgetown Pike. That's blocking a right lane all the way to the all the way to, up to the GW Parkway. No fuss, no muss there. On 95, the southbound crash was near 610 Garrisonville Road, and it was blocking a left lane. Northbound, the work was near Marine Corps Base Quantico. It was before exit 148 blocking a right lane. 395, the crash near Washington Boulevard cleared from the left side. The, the uh, disabled vehicle we had northbound on the ramp to go west on 236, exit 3B. The Little River Turnpike, as we get the updated image, that is now sitting on the right shoulder. Not really much of a factor, but do proceed with caution. 66, the ongoing issue that we have with the work zones. From Leesburg Pike all the way to Sudley Road, it's still a single lane of traffic at various stages all the way through that 19-mile corridor. Once you're past it, you are good. The 66 express lanes, the transponders are on. You will need an easy pass or an easy pass flex to ride those lanes between 29 Gainesville and 29 in Centerville. And bear in mind, this is dynamic tolling, so it will go up and down throughout the day. On the district side, the crash investigation. I'm assuming it's an investigation. We're waiting to hear back from MPD about this one. But the crash from the midnight hour, Canal Road at Chainbridge Road in northwest, Lanes remain blocked. We've got crime tape up in the one camera that I had that they've changed the angle on so we can't see much of anything else. So we assume this is now an investigation. Ian Crawford, WTOP Traffic. A cool start to the day for sure, and you'll need the jacket stepping out the front door, but you will not need them long. Plenty of sunshine. High temperatures getting back into the upper 60s to low 70s. Still below average, but not bad. Sunday, we'll go back above average, close to 80. A good chance of afternoon showers and thunderstorms, but not a washout at all. I'm Storm Team 4, Chief Meteorologist Doug Cameron. We're 59 in Annapolis, 53 Bowie, 54 Leesburg, 55 in Holding in our nation's capital. This 3 a.m. hour, Saturday morning, September 24th. This check brought to you by Lynn the Plumber. Trusted same-day service, seven days a week. Check them out. Lynn the Plumber. Stuff to watch this weekend next on WTOP. It's 321. Working on a night You're with WTOP. The following is a paid commercial message. This is Bishop Michael Burbage of the Catholic Diocese of Arlington. Early on, most of us learned the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have others do unto you. To children, the lesson may be as simple as sharing toys, being gracious to friends and parents, and to say please and thank you. As we grow older, the message should be no less important. It should help form our character. Ask yourself, why criticize when we can offer a compliment? Why insult when we can praise? Why hurt? when we can help. May the respect, compassion, and forgiveness we desire to receive be the same gifts we extend to others with whom we live and work 
and to all persons without exception. For if we live by God's golden rule, we will be at peace with ourselves and with one another. The Invasion of Ukraine. Updates and analysis 24-7, 365. Washington's top news, 103.5 FM and WTOP.com. Saturday morning, September 24th. Welcome to the weekend, 322 in the morning on WTOP. The Snacks and Sodas were headed to the big screen. New this weekend, a young couple played by Harry Styles and Florence Pugh move into the perfect 1950s American neighborhood in Don't Worry Darling, but something feels very wrong here at the beginning. Dr. Collins prescribed you a suite of medications which you were clearly not taking. The question is why? He's lying to us. He's lying to all of us. This morning, Washington Post film critic Anne Hornaday with her review of Don't Worry Darling, which has suffered actually from a lot of off-screen drama and controversy. I think the movie itself is highly uncontroversial. It's perfectly fine. It's not a disaster by any stretch. This, of course, was directed by Olivia Wilde. It's kind of a speculative suspense story set in a perfect mid-century town. It's reminiscent of The Stepford Wives, if you're old enough to remember that movie. The movie actually worked for me until it didn't, and that's when this sort of the big twist comes. I don't think it necessarily sticks the landing. I will say those two leads, you know, Harry Styles is fine. I think he carries the role gracefully, but not particularly with much more energy than that. But the real star here, literal and figurative, is Florence Pugh as this housewife who has this increasing sense of something not being right. I mean, she literally does carry the movie on her shoulders and is just an incredibly compelling screen presence. I felt like she is probably the best reason to go give this movie a whirl. There's a new movie directed and written by Lena Dunham, who many people know. It's called Catherine Called Birdie. And we're learning about the adventures and issues at times of a young girl in the 13th century. And I wonder if that's the main point here. How many 13th century stories have we learned about a tween? It's so true. This is based on the Newbery Honor-winning young people's novel of the same name. And it was written in that spirit of like, well, here's a... A historical era that hasn't been mined. And Lena Dunham has really injected this with a lot of her own humor and spirit in Joie de Vivre. The, the lead title character is played by Bella Ramsey, who Game of Thrones fans might remember. It has a lot of energy, a lot of spunk. For me, kind of the MVP is Andrew Scott, who's just a wonderful British actor who plays the main character's dad. And there's just a lot of sly humor and a lot of energy and brio to it. And I think it'll appeal to the young audiences that it's aimed at. There's no Checking like out stuff for you to watch this weekend. That's Anne Hornaday of the Washington Post, film critic there, talking with Dimitri and Hillary. You are listening to 103.5 FM at WTOP.com. The time now is 3.25 Saturday morning. Money news each half hour at 25 and 55. Looking at the numbers from a very turbulent day on Wall Street, the Dow was down 46 and for the week dropped 4%. The S&P 500 was off 64 and for the week 
The S&P 500 was down 4.6%. That's the lowest point since June 17th. And the Nasdaq fell 198. And looking ahead to next week on Tuesday, we'll get the numbers for durable goods as well as new home sales. Steve Dresner, WTOP News. The following is a paid commercial message. This is Bishop Michael Burbage of the Catholic Diocese of Arlington. Early on, most of us learned the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have others do unto you. To children, the lesson may be as simple as sharing toys, being gracious to friends and parents, and to say please and thank you. As we grow older, the message should be no less important. It should help form our character. Ask yourself, why criticize when we can offer a compliment? Why insult when we can praise? Why hurt when we can help? May the respect, compassion, and forgiveness we desire to receive be the same gifts we extend to others with whom we live and work.